This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy, episode 628. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 628. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. Oh my goodness. If you are listening in live time, it is the last Monday of February, which seems completely unreal. This morning I got up at my normal time and I walk downstairs and I look out the window and I see the sun starting to rise and I stopped in my tracks because I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) The last time I got up at this time and looked out the window, it was still pitch black. And so Things are changing. Seasons are getting ready to change. Daylight savings is on its way. This is wild to me. (laughs) I guess I feel like we've been in winter for so long that it doesn't seem like it's ever going to end. And yet here we are. So it's just a few weeks from spring. And I know for our family, we just have a lot of things on the horizon that seem big and exciting. And also, it's a little overwhelming because it seems like there's things that are going to happen that we haven't done in two years or more than two years. We have some trips coming up and things are like, quote unquote, going back to normal in some ways in different capacities of our life. And it just seems really surreal. And also, in some cases, a little premature, I'm not gonna lie. So it feels like a lot. What I'm going to talk about today, though, I'm really excited because I think that as we're in the season of getting ready for a season to change and really having a lot of things shifting in terms of where we're at in this pandemic and 
really starting to look at what it means to be in an endemic versus a pandemic. Even though some people I know feel really not ready for that shift and it feels premature for a lot of people, we just really are looking at like, what does this next phase of life look like? And so what I've been really struck with is this idea of taking tiny action and how it's shown up in my life in so many different ways. And it's really shown up a lot in my life in the last couple of years because sometimes tiny action is all I've had the capacity for. And I think that whether you're looking at the pandemic or you're looking at your life across your journey through motherhood or you're looking at just how you've shown up historically as a person, a woman, a leader, whatever you do in your career, maybe as an athlete, maybe as a musician, maybe as an artist, we look at this idea of taking tiny action. And sometimes we don't recognize that we're already doing this. And it's mattered a lot. It's made a really big difference in our life. And when we can look at it and recognize our patterns of taking tiny action, sometimes it can really empower us to try new things and do things in a new way without feeling completely overwhelmed. Or we can look at this idea of taking tiny action and recognize like, oh, that's how I've gotten from point A to point B in the past. And that could work in the future. Or we can look at it from a third perspective where we look and say, oh, there's this thing that feels really big and daunting to me that's like hanging out there. And I don't know how to begin to tackle it because it feels like I have to take this massive leap. And sometimes it can really be just taking one small step at a time and not looking at the bigger picture that can really help us just start to get in motion and then continue to stay in motion. So I want to talk through four different ways that taking tiny action has huge power in your life. So we're going to talk through that. And then I'm going to talk through three practices for taking tiny action. So we'll have two different sections today as we talk through this that I think will be hopefully something to give you a bit of philosophy behind this and some understanding of the power of taking tiny action. And then of course, I always love to leave you with something to do a way to take action. And so we'll talk about really specifically, how can you take tiny action? And how can you practice doing that on a regular basis? As I look back across my life, I am a tiny action taker, (laughs) for sure. And I'm a tiny action taker on a really consistent basis. And so People give me a hard time sometimes. They're like, 600 podcast episodes, how did you do it? And I'm like, I just show up and do the same little thing over and over again, and that's how I make up my life. And when I look at like training for marathons or half marathons or triathlons or just staying consistent and working out, it's really just a little bit every day. And I think that that is what has allowed for so much consistency in my life. It also really gives me permission to not bite off more than I can chew. It gives me permission to not to feel overwhelmed, especially as someone who really has to work on managing anxiety every day. It just keeps things a little bit more clear and concise and manageable for me. So I'm not looking at how do I do this big, huge thing that feels really overwhelming and daunting because that's such a trigger for my anxiety, but it's really how can I do a little thing frequently and have that count? And so what I want to talk about first is these four ways that taking tiny action can create big power in our life. And the first way is that taking tiny action yields the result of compounding interest. And so I've read about this from a few different authors, a few different books that I've read. I would say most recently, I think I read about this in James Clear's book, Atomic Habits. And But I've also read about it, I believe... John Acuff also talked about it in his book, Finish. Both of those books, I highly, highly recommend. Like if you are someone who wants to start taking tiny action, Atomic Habits and Finish are excellent, excellent books. Highly recommend both of the audiobooks. I've listened to them both and I've read them both. And if you are an audiobook person, they're just both really great audiobooks. 
Okay, so this idea of compounding interest is what is the big impact when you just do a little bit of it at a time? So we know compounding interest in a bank account is like you put a little bit in and you leave it there for a long time. And then over time, it makes a lot more money, right? So you start off with, you know, you put $1,000 in the bank. And what does that $1,000 do over the course of 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? Compounding interest makes that $1,000 a whole bunch more down the road. So what are you doing in your life that has that same impact of compounding interest? And so maybe you look at a habit like reading for 10 minutes a day. 10 minutes a day, you're like, why bother? That's like nothing. But what is the impact of reading for 3,650 minutes a year? Because that's multiple books. And what's the impact of reading those multiple books? I would say on any given day, reading for 10 minutes could change the course of your day because you could read something for 10 minutes in the morning that could shift your mindset in a tiny little way that would impact how you make decisions the whole rest of the day or how you show up the whole rest of the day. And if you're doing that every single day, big impact, right? Or if you look at maybe you are reading 10 minutes a day, but like every day isn't the thing that like it doesn't spark your life every single day. But if over the course of the year, you've read five books, six books, seven books that have had these really powerful messages that have shifted the trajectory of your year holy cow, like that's the result of compounding interest. When we got our Peloton and still have this, I love my Peloton, by the way, and you know, I Peloton sponsors the show. I always am like, but I want to do more Peloton workouts, but I also love doing all these other workouts. So I love getting on my bike. Yes. But also I love doing boxing workouts and all these other things you can do with Peloton, but I love lifting weights and all these different things. And I was feeling a little bit like, oh, I should be using the bike more because like, that's the thing we spent the money on. And then I started looking at, okay, but what if I just used it like two days a week? Over the course of a year, that's 104 bike rides. That's a lot. (laughs) That's a lot of rides. And so I was able to look at compounding interest. I don't need to get on the Peloton every single day. If I have it for a year or for many years, as is the case now, having it for multiple years, then we're looking at multiple hundreds of rides. That's a big deal. There's a big impact there. Sometimes when I put on my jeans and I'm like, oh, look at that butt. That's Peloton butt. (laughs) Like compounding interest, right? One 20 minute ride, which is often what I do is a 20 minute ride. Like that's not going to change my body. It's not going to change the course of my life. But you know what happens every time I get off of one of those workouts? I feel on top of the world, which definitely impacts my day. I totally notice if I'm like doing lots of hill climb workouts, I'm like, oh yeah, like I notice it in my butt. So that effect of compounding interest really makes a big difference there. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like 
a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. I want you to think about compounding interest if you were to make an uncomfortable ask once a week. So if once a week for a year, you reached out and I could think of, so for me, I'll use this idea of podcasts. So for once a year, I reach out to a guest who I aspire to have on the show. Every single week, I pick someone new. Over the course of 52 weeks, that's 52 different guests I would reach out to. Now, there might be a whole bunch of people that would say no, because I might be reaching really high. But you know what? There's going to be a handful of yeses. So let's just say like 20% of them say yes. That would be 10 yeses that I wouldn't have otherwise gotten. So sometimes we have to look at this when we do these uncomfortable things on a routine basis, we get this net yes or this net positive result that we would have never gotten otherwise. We might not get 100% of yeses or 100% of the thing that we want. We might miss the mark a whole bunch of times. We might get a whole bunch of no's. But that idea of compounding interest is is if you show up over and over and over, you are bound to get the thing that you want at some point repeatedly if you keep showing up, right? So when I think about hitting record 628 times now for this podcast, I can also recognize the compounding interest of any one of those episodes I could have skipped. But I didn't because... That idea of compounding interest, I like building on something. I like adding one episode a week. When I first started out, I recorded 12 episodes at one time before I launched the show. And that felt really, really hard. Like it was this huge daunting task. Then once I had the show running for a while, for a few, a couple of months, I started recording more and more episodes. And every week it felt like this big thing, like what am I going to talk about? And I had to take like all this time to figure it out and think it through. And all of that was a big, hard, overwhelming task weekly. 
But now that I've done it over and over and over, the thing that felt big and hard and overwhelming now feels really pretty simple. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's really simple. And it's become this extension of who I am and what I do. So it takes way less time and way less mental energy because I'm not negotiating about whether or not I'm going to do it. I know I'm going to do it. And I've practiced it so many times. The compounding interest effect here is that the thing that you've practiced so many times can become easier. And so for me, easier isn't like it's easy, but it's easier than it used to be. And it takes up so much less mental space. Like I don't go into every week thinking, oh my gosh, I have to figure out the podcast. No, like I'm like, oh, I get to figure out something really cool to do this week. What is it going to be? And I can figure it out really quickly because I've done it so many times now. The second piece of this, the second way that taking tiny action gives you so much power is that every time you decide to take tiny action, you are voting for who you are becoming. So this is another concept from James Clear from the book Atomic Habits. And it's really my very favorite take home message from the book. And so this I sound feel like this whole episode now sounds like a commercial for Atomic Habits, which it's not but I do recommend the book. So James Clear says in the book, every action step you take is a vote for who you are becoming. And that is like by far my favorite thing he says in the whole book. I've written it down in multiple places. I share it whenever I can because I think it's so important. When we take tiny action, we are voting for ourselves. Every single time we take tiny action. So when I decide to do a 10-minute workout, I'm voting for myself. When I decide to read for 10 minutes, I'm voting for myself. When I decide to hit record on the podcast, I'm voting for myself. When I decide to send an uncomfortable email or reach out to someone and I feel a little bit nervous, like, oh, what if they think I'm just like this small-time person who shouldn't be reaching out to them? I'm voting for myself. So I want you to think about taking tiny action as a constant vote for yourself. And sometimes we think that we have to do these really big things in order to like show who we truly are. That can be true. But the reality is it is those little things that we do in little moments that nobody sees that really are the way that we vote for who we are becoming. So I want you to think about how those tiny actions add up over time to really help you identify and have a strong sense of who you are now. And also the person that you want to vote for, who's going to wake up tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that and the day after that. This inspires me, first of all, to be the person I want to be, but it also makes me really excited for who I am becoming. And it also makes it really clear when I'm deciding between multiple choices based on who I want to become, which choice is the right choice right now. And so oftentimes that helps a lot. It becomes this filter. And I can tell you there's times in my personal life and professional life all the time where I'm like, hmm, is this thing worth my time? Is this worth my energy? Is this worth a fight? And when I look at, okay, who am I becoming? Then I can look at, okay, this tiny action or showing up for this conversation that might be hard or uncomfortable. Yeah, it matters. So I'm going to take that tiny action. I'm going to vote for myself here in this way. So really thinking through consistently, who are you voting for? Who are you becoming? The third way that taking tiny action gives you power is it helps you build a stronger go after what you want muscle. <laughs> so I'm put it, saying that in air quotes, go after what you want muscle. So your go after what you want muscle is something you have to practice using. Because oftentimes as women, we do what other people expect us to do. And we show up for other people, but we don't go after what we really want because we think it might inconvenience others. We think others might not get it. We think others might be critical or question us. Sometimes we don't even know what we want because we've been conditioned to show up for others so frequently and so unconditionally that we don't even know what we want. So to build a stronger go after what you want muscle, you have to practice using that muscle, right? You have to practice actually going after what you want. So what does that look like? It means something simple like 
asking for something or sharing your needs. So a go after what you want muscle might be speaking up to your partner to say, hey, partner, I really need some time alone this weekend. So could you take the kids out of the house? Or I really need some time alone. So mama's going to go to Target alone. Or I need some time alone. I'm going to get a hotel room. (laughs) So how can you practice using that go after what you want muscle in a relationship where things are maybe already safe and you already have a little bit of comfort in that relationship? Because when you do that in that relationship, then you can do that in other relationships. So when you can do that in your personal relationship, sometimes that then creates the power and the aspiration to go after that in your professional relationships where you're like, you know, I've been practicing going after what I want in my personal relationships. And I've learned a lot about how I can speak up for myself and how I can advocate for myself. And so I'm going to practice doing that at work. I'm going to practice doing that with my colleagues. This happens all the time with our members inside of Momentum Mamas and our membership community, where they start practicing this in their households. And then all of a sudden, it's like expands to their in-laws and then to their longtime friends and then into the workplace and then into career changes and huge career growth because that muscle gets stronger over time. So you can use this, go after what you want muscle, practice using it by asking for something, by sharing your needs, by setting boundaries, by saying, actually, no, I'm not able to do that this weekend. Thanks so much for the invitation. Actually, I'm not able to be on that committee at work. Feel free to reach out next time. Actually, I'm not available to drive XYZ carpool, hoping someone else can jump in this time. So where can you practice setting boundaries for that with that go after what you want muscle? Or where can you practice speaking up? So another really great way to strengthen your go after what you want muscle is speaking up. And I can tell you practicing speaking up in ways and places where there is some safety and trust has definitely paved the way for me to speak up in places that are more vulnerable or maybe where I have less safety. Now, like I'm a middle-class white person. My safety isn't really ever, the stakes aren't super high for me in most of the places I'm showing up. I want to be really clear. It would be much harder if I was a woman of color, if I was a woman in a different socioeconomic group, if I had a different level of education, if English was not my first language. There's all sorts of ways where it would be more less safe for me and more difficult. But that doesn't mean that it's not still scary sometimes to speak up. And I often now, as a result of going after what I want in safer circles, have challenged myself to speak up in places where there's more on the line or where the stakes feel higher or where I'm just more nervous and less comfortable. And so that's in different ways in the community and parts of different organizations, kind of being the squeaky wheel, which can be be really uncomfortable, but also feel like the right thing sometimes when you see something going down a certain way and you're like, "Mm, hold on, like, wait a minute, this doesn't feel right to me. I'm going to speak up and say something. I've been able to strengthen my go after what you want muscle in a lot of other capacities in my life so that now when I'm in these environments where something doesn't feel quite right, even if I don't have a lot of built-in safety and trust in the group, I'm not super hesitant to speak up and say something because I've practiced strengthening that muscle. And that really matters over time. And because I'm always voting for who I am becoming, sometimes practicing speaking up and really leveraging the strength of that go after what you want muscle becomes really important. If there's, you know, this is, there's a situation I'm in right now where I'm looking at like, how are underrepresented people going to be excluded in a certain community that I'm in if something doesn't change? I'm willing to speak up about that because that's me voting for who I am becoming. And because I've strengthened my go after what you want muscle strongly enough to speak up and say something when I see that there's potential for underrepresented people to be excluded. 
This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where, as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever, and your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you, and you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. So I want you to think about how you are taking tiny action on a regular basis to build a stronger go after what you want muscle so that when the stakes get higher or the opportunities get bigger, you're like, yeah, I'm ready. Like I've been strengthening this muscle. I'm ready. I'm here. Let's go. And then the fourth way that taking tiny action gives you power is it creates a shift in your identity for you to see yourself as an action taker. When you recognize that you are someone who takes tiny action on a regular basis, you see yourself differently. So you start to own and recognize, I am a person who lets their needs be known. I am a person who goes after what they want. I am a person who shows up for myself. I am a person who uses my voice. I am a person who takes actions toward my goals and dreams. I am a person who makes decisions without overthinking. When you practice taking tiny action on a regular basis, you start to get that shift in your identity where you're like, oh, I'm a person who takes action. I'm an action taker and a decision maker. I've had a post-it note on my computer monitor for probably three years now that says I'm a decision maker and an action taker. And I put that on there because that's who I want to be. So when it comes to taking tiny action, I take those tiny actions as often as I can so that when the opportunity comes for bigger action, I'm ready. I've been practicing. I know who I want to vote for in terms of who I am becoming. I have that benefit of compounding interest because I've been practicing little things over time. And that's really helped me see myself as someone who lets their needs be known, as someone who goes after what they want, as someone who shows up for herself, as someone who uses her voice, as someone who takes action toward her dreams, as someone who makes decisions without overthinking, which is still a struggle for me, if I'm being honest. 
So this idea of taking tiny action makes a really big difference over the long haul. And so I want you to start thinking about how you can do that on a regular basis in your everyday life. And I also don't want it to be like, on top of everything else you're doing all the time, every single day, you need to also now start taking all sorts of tiny action. No, 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 no. So let's talk about what it really looks like to take tiny action so that you have a clear sense of like, oh yeah, I can do that. It doesn't need to take over my whole life. It doesn't need to feel overly burdensome or overwhelming. It can really feel like something that's manageable that has long-term benefit by just a little bit at a time. So let's look at four ways to take tiny action. So the first way to start taking tiny action is short bursts. Short bursts <laughs> give you permission to do things on your own timeline. And so I love the idea or the example that I use often with exercise. When I was a personal trainer back, oh gosh, I got my certification in 2003. So 19 years ago, when I became a personal trainer, there was all this exercise recommendations that talked about, like, if you're going to do a workout, it needs to be like a cardio should be for 30 to 60 minutes at this capacity, blah, blah, blah. Or if you're going to do a weight workout, it should be like 10 to 12 exercises, 10 to 12 reps each rest 30 seconds in between for 45 minutes. Everything was like this long drawn out. Like if you're going to work out, basically you need to work out for like 30 minutes was like super baseline, but it was really like 45 to 60 minutes was like the very traditional thinking at that time. So anyone who worked out in like the 80s, 90s, early 2000s was like, it always has to be an hour. It's got to be an hour or it doesn't quote unquote count. Well, we know that's not true. <laughs> and so we now know there's all sorts of science behind short bursts of exercise that can have all sorts of benefits. And when we look at this model, we look at the compounding effect. If I were to go running every single day for 10 minutes, oh my gosh, like there would totally be positive impact from that. If I were to do yoga for 10 minutes every day, there would be positive impact. If I'm going to read for 10 minutes a day, I'm going to get something out of that. If I'm going to journal for 10 minutes a day. So I went on this journaling streak a while ago where I was journaling for five minutes a day. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. In fact, I keep meaning to get back to it because it was really, really powerful. I would pick one word and I would write about that word for five minutes. Sometimes it was less. Sometimes it was like two or three minutes. There was a huge impact of doing that for just a short amount of time every day. So there's also schools of thought around writing where it's like, write, you know, a thousand words a day or 3000 words a day or for 90 minutes a day. What if you're just writing for two to five minutes a day? Does it still count? Does it still matter? Absolutely. So looking at doing short bursts of something instead of waiting until you have a longer period of time, because where we really get in our own way is we think, oh, but I have to wait until I have an hour. Well, we never have that hour. We're never going to be in this place where you're like, every single day I have an hour to do that thing if you're a busy mom. But 10 to 20 minutes or three to five minutes, absolutely we can find that time. And we can make it a micro habit where it happens really routinely. The second way to take tiny action is to practice asserting yourself in low risk, low exposure situations. So I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Where can you practice being assertive in low risk, low exposure situations that will give you the confidence and the validation and affirmation to then be assertive in higher stakes conversations and higher exposure conversations. So this might be initially that like you start being assertive with a friend and saying like, maybe you and a friend are going to get together and you say like, hey, instead of saying like to your friend, hey, where do you want to go? or Where do you want to meet? We'll do whatever you want to do. You say, hey, I'd really love to go to this restaurant or I'd really love to do this activity. And you just assert like what you'd really love because most of us with our friends are like, no, you pick, no, you pick. So to just assert a desire with a friend, that's a low risk, 
low exposure way of taking tiny action to just practice using your voice in a place in a space that's really safe where you're just practicing expressing a, a desire or a need in that trusted space. This could also be with a partner. So with a partner to be like, hey, you know, I really need a little time alone, which is what we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Where can you practice that in those trusted spaces? Where do you have a trusted colleague maybe where at work you can say, you know, I'd really love to step away from this task. Or I'd really love to work more on this task. Or I'd really love to, you know, get into this in the next year or focus on XYZ between now and my next review. So where can you do that in low risk, low exposure situations to just practice using your voice and practice taking tiny action in new ways where you're building a little bit of confidence as you go, where you're building, like you're taking those courageous steps to boost yourself and get that validation that like, oh yeah, like using my voice feels good. Saying what I need helps me get what I want. Build, setting a boundary keeps things clear for everyone and people appreciate that. So you get that kind of validation and that can be really helpful and supportive and then higher stakes situations. And then the third way to take tiny action is to look at consistent but not overly frequent commitments. So when I talked about short bursts, I talk about doing a few minutes every day. Now I'm gonna shift this a little bit and play with a different variable. Consistent but not overly frequent. So where could you look at doing something like once a week instead of three times a week? So I do this with yoga. I do yoga once a week for about 20 minutes. Now, any yoga teacher would probably be like, nah, (laughs) that's not much. (laughs) You're not going to get a lot of benefit. But you know what? It's enough benefit for me to feel it and notice it. And it's not so obnoxious in my schedule that I just blow it off altogether. If you told me I had to do yoga three times a week for 30 to 60 minutes, I'd be like, yeah, I'm just not going to do any. Instead, I do it once a week for 20 minutes. And it's good enough. I get good benefit from that. And I enjoy it. And I look forward to Thursday mornings or my yoga day. So there's good benefit from that. When I started getting on or got more consistent on LinkedIn this year, which I'm still working on, but I didn't make a goal to post on LinkedIn daily because I knew if I had that goal, I would never do it. So instead, I was like, okay, how about you get on LinkedIn twice a week? That's something that I can be consistent with over time. And that consistency and tiny action now has created space for me to actually build relationships on LinkedIn. So I knew I couldn't do the daily commitment. And I knew if I didn't have some sort of boundary in place or rule in place for myself that I would just not do it at all, or it would be so inconsistent that I wouldn't see any progress or growth. So this little bit this small amount of frequency, but on a very consistent basis has actually yielded some result. So maybe this is for you and your partner for date night. Maybe you aspire to have like date night once a week. Well, that might be really tricky and complicated and you might just constantly fail at that. What if you instead were like, how about we do date night once a month? Or maybe we do date night once a quarter or maybe once a quarter we do an overnight getaway. I know for me, I've before the pandemic was trying to do quarterly business retreats, like where I just got away for a night or two to work on business stuff. Well, that hasn't really happened since the pandemic. So the goal has shifted instead of quarterly, like twice a year. How can I get away twice a year for like, 24 to 48 hours to just be by myself to focus on some business planning. So shifting that goal to less frequency, but more consistency, because that is where we get that compounding interest over time because we actually do it. And sometimes overly frequent goals can lead to inaction if we're biting off more than we can handle for that season in our life. So that's how you can start to take tiny action. Short bursts, practicing asserting yourself in low risk, low exposure situations, and then consistency over frequency. If this episode has been helpful, please share it out. Take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram. 
If you know another shameless mom who could benefit from this, please, please let them know because we are always looking to welcome more shameless moms into the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so glad that you were here and I will be back on Wednesday with another fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.